Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Rinso. R-I-N-S-O. Soapy Rich Rinso presents Boston Blackie, starring Chester Morris. <laughs> what are you reading, Chief? Little Abner? No, listen to this, Matthews. Special feature of the great gems exhibit at the famous Godet Jewelers will be the incomparable star of the Nile, Emerald. One of the most precious gems in the world, so precious that George Stevens, vice president of Godet's, is personally bringing the star to Chicago from Chicago to New York. <laughs> I don't get the joke, Chief. <laughs> sure you don't, because you don't know that Boston Blackie's on the same train with George Stevens. <laughs> <laughs> Chief, I don't get it. Well, if I know my Boston Blackie and to my great sorrow I do, he won't be able to resist a little gadget worth a cool 200 grand. I still don't see what's funny. <laughs> Besides, Blackie hasn't gone after sparklers in a long time. I know that, but I also know one thing that sparkles that's right up Blackie's alley. Yeah, what's that? Dames. Sure, Chief, but the star of the Nile ain't a dame. Yeah, but Helen Crew is. Helen Crew? Yeah, something's bound to happen on a train when it's carrying those three. George Stevens, Helen Carew, and Boston Black. Well, nobody has to lead Blackie to adventure because somehow adventure always seems to seek him out. In just a moment, we'll hear more about Blackie and the star of the Nile. You know, you can lead a soap to water, but you can't always make it give thick, rich suds. Not if it's hard water. And not if you're using one of those lazy bar or skimpy suds package soaps. No, ma'am, that's when you want Rinso. Soapy rich Rinso on the job. You see, Rinso bubbles up in a mountains of suds, practically at the touch of water. Suds that go right to town on your clothes. Suds that get out more dirt to give you that Rinso white, Rinso bright wash. And no hard scrubbing or boiling to ruin your wash day disposition. A short soaking in Rinso suds, a few quick finger rubs on extra soiled places, and your clothes are ready to rinse. So, next wash day, whistle up a Rinso wash. A wash that's <whistles> rinsed and Rinso bright. And now, Chester Morris and the Adventures of Boston Blackie. <laughs> obvious that an international bank should be established for reconstruction. At the United Nations Monetary and Financial Conference held at Bretton Woods, certain preliminary steps were taken. However, it is only the beginning. Oh, I just When right. you realize that the International Monetary Fund will total around $8,500,000,000. But that's only the beginning. Yes, well, a small beginning. You know, I get kind of mixed up when I start counting over 850. <laughs> oh, young man, we'll all have to learn how to count in millions and billions in the post-war world. Well, that's very interesting. Oh, well, uh, here you are, Stuart. I'd like some dessert. Can you take this seed, Miss? Oh, thank you. Never mind the dessert, Stuart. Well, I'm finished. Uh, wouldn't you rather have this chair by the window? Thank you. And uh, good day to you, young man. Thanks for your company. Well, thanks to you for the tip on the international monetary situation. <laughs> I can't wait to use it. Um, very interesting man. Oh, and very distinguished looking, too. Oh. Who is he? I don't know, but he's awfully good at counting. Is, um, is it all right if we talk? Why not? You see, my mother never told me not to talk to strangers on a train. <laughs> I like your mother. Very intelligent woman. <laughs> well, I'm no isolationist. But to make it proper, my name is Helen Carew. Oh, and mine is Boston Blackie. Oh, I've heard that name somewhere. Are you a baseball player? <laughs> no, why? Do you like baseball? No, not particularly. Well, uh, why did you bring up the subject? Oh, just to make conversation. Fine. Uh, let's talk about you. All right, let's. I'm a very pleased young lady on a train between Chicago and New York. 
Why are you pleased? Because I didn't expect conversation with my dinner. Well, do you realize that the International Monetary Fund will total about $8,500,000,000 this year? No. Yes. You see? <laughs> Uh-oh, it's back again. Excuse me, I've lost something. It can't be that $8,500,000,000. No, it was a chamois pouch. I don't see it. Uh, wait. Oh, uh, I'd better get out of the way. It isn't here. Oh, pardon me, sir. What did you lose? This is terrible. Terrible. Waiter. Waiter. Oh, it sounds important. Young man, you have no idea how important. That pouch was worth $200,000. That's a lot of money to be carrying around. It wasn't money. It was an emerald. One of the most valuable gems in the world. The Star of the Nile. What a pretty name. <laughs> I've been robbed. It was sometime during the dinner hour. The star of the Nile is missing. Okay, Mr. Stevens, I got that much from the telegram the conductor sent. Now, we'll search every passenger on the train if we have to, so calm down. Now, you say you thought you left it in the diner. Were you alone? No, a young man joined me for dinner, and then later, just before I left, a young lady was seated at our table. Mm -hmm. Friends of yours? Oh, no, just the people one meets on a train. Now, this young man, what was he like? Well, he was a clean-cut-looking chap with dark hair, a good build, nice smile. Mm, I'm not a bit surprised. And the young lady? Oh, quite attractive. As a matter of fact, the young man seemed rather taken with her. Well, Mr. Stevens, I don't think you have to worry about your star of the Nile. I might even say the situation is well in hand. Matthew should be here any moment now with a man we're looking for. Here he is, Chief. Welcome, Boston Blackie. Welcome home. <laughs> Your new home. As a matter of fact, I've prepared a special escort to take you there. Well, now, how thoughtful, Inspector. But uh, where's the brass band? All right, come off it, Blackie. Where's the emerald? This is a great shock to me, young man. Well, it's no shock to me, sir. I, I know my Faraday. He never fails. He never fails to be dead wrong. I'm sorry to disappoint you, Blackie. But we, you were in the diner with Mr. Stevens when the emerald disappeared. Mr. Stevens? I didn't even know that was his name. Oh, now, Blackie, as if you didn't know that Mr. Stevens was vice president of Godet's and that he was carrying the Star of the Nile to New York, as if you didn't read the papers. Well, of course I read the papers, Inspector, but I I was a little more interested in the fact that we'd just taken can and siphon. Okay, okay. Now, you can tell me all about that at headquarters. Come on, Blackie. Now, look, Faraday, do you mind if I talk this over with Mr. Stevens? Whatever you have to say, you stay at headquarters. Come on. I'll be in touch with you, Inspector. Thanks again. Mm -hmm. Now, about that brass band, Blackie, I'll arrange to have one when we send you up the river. Oh, are you leaving, Mr. Blackie? Oh, oh, yes. Yes, my Uncle Faraday always brings the town car to meet me. Uncle Faraday, my aunt. Well, your Uncle Faraday must have a lot of influence. I wonder when the police are going to let the rest of us off the train. Well, Miss Carew, I'll see if I can use my influence. You see, he happens to be the police. Oh, uh, Uncle, meet Miss Carew. How do you do, Mr. Please Faraday? Please, Jim, meet you. I hope this fellow hasn't taken you in, too. Oh, no, Mr. Faraday. On the contrary, he's been very nice to me. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, that's Blackie. Well, you might as well know, Miss Carew. He's being charged with a theft of the Star of the Nile. But that's impossible. Impossible? What do you mean, he Miss Carew? Well, I was at the table when Mr. Stevens discovered his loss, and I'm sure that Mr. Blackie had nothing whatever to do with it. You haven't known him as long as I have, Miss Carew. You mean to tell me that Boston Blackie didn't do it? That's exactly what I mean. Well, thanks, Mr. Carew, for telling the inspector something that he should have known. He usually goes the long way around. You helped him find the shortcut. <sighs> oh, you haven't gone yet, Inspector. No, I'm afraid we'll have to begin all over again, Mr. Stevens. What do you mean? Well, Miss Carew here has a strong alibi for Blackie, and I'm still looking for a loophole, but... Under the circumstances, I'm afraid I can't hold him. But you're going to do something about it, aren't you, Inspector? Well, after all, you were sure that the emerald must still be on the train. Well, that's right, Mr. Stevens, it is. That's what I tried to tell you before the inspector shut me up. Oh, so you know. Well, come on, Blackie, where is it? I didn't say I knew where. Uh, Mr. Stevens, you're rather absent-minded, aren't you? Absent-minded? Why, no. no. Well, perhaps uh... I'm jumping to conclusions, but... Uh... Of course, if you remember, you left the diner without paying your bill. I did? Oh, not that I minded buying your dinner, Mr. Stevens, but... It occurred to me that if you were absent-minded enough to forget your dinner check, you, uh, you also might have forgotten something else. How could I forget the start of the Nile? I put it in my vest pocket just before I went into the diner. <laughs> oh. Oh, I, are you sure you put it in your vest pocket, Mr. Stevens? Yes, yes. Well, then the whole thing's solved. Oh. You know, all during dinner, I was envying you, Mr. Stevens. I really was. You looked so cool and comfortable in that sports jacket you were wearing, and... 
And you weren't wearing a vest, Mr. Stevens. I wasn't? Well, that's absurd. Now, now wait a minute. Oh, what's going on here? Vests, sports jackets. Come on, Blackie. Don't you remember, Mr. Stevens? Uh, let me think. Uh, I, I lay down to take a nap just before dinner. Yeah. And I got up and dressed and... By George, you're right. Oh. The emerald must be in the vest that I packed in my suitcase. <laughs> oh, Inspector, I'm terribly sorry to have caused you all this trouble, and you, young man, and uh, young lady. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you very much. Good day. <sighs> well, how do you like that? You seem to be disappointed, Inspector. Yeah. You know, at Boston Black, you can sit next to a guy in a train that's got something worth 200 grand and not do something about it. I guess it's time I turned in my bag. <laughs> well, you should have thought of that before, Inspector. Yeah. Just think. By now, you could have had a cottage, a couple of cows, a victory garden, instead of that pet ulcer of yours. Uh, by the way, what do you call it? Boston Blackie. What else? Why, Inspector, how sweet of you. Naming your first one after me. Oh, oh Miss Carew, I, I've been looking for you. Here's a cab coming up now. May I drop you someplace? Oh, uh, where to, Miss Carew? Uh, the Middleton, please. Okay, driver, 48th Street off Lexington. <laughs> you don't miss a thing, do you, Mrs. Blake? Well, I, uh, I have a great appreciation for beautiful things. Oh, then you must have seen the Star of the Nile. Star of the Nile? Mm -hmm. I was talking about beautiful things, uh, such as, well, the dessert I had for dinner last night. Oh, <laughs> I was just marveling at how clever you were, helping Mr. Stevens to find his emerald. Well, it isn't hard to find something that was never lost, Miss Carew. And, uh, incidentally, thanks for putting in a good word for me with the inspector. Oh, don't mention it. By the way, mm -hmm. I'll, uh, I'll bet there's another thing your mother forgot to warn you about. Oh? Accepting dinner invitations from a young man in a taxi cab. <laughs> I told you not to disturb me, Miss Everett. I'm too busy to see... Oh, who are you? Louis. Louis? Yeah. Miller said you wanted to see me. Oh, uh, oh yes, Mr. Louis. Uh, won't you sit down? Now, look, let's get this straight, Mr. Stevens. I don't know you, but Miller said you had a job for a guy with uh, fingers. Well, I wouldn't exactly put it that way, Mr. And another Louis. thing, Mr. Stevens. This is strictly business. Miller says you want me to open up a safe down at Godet's and lift a hunk of jewelry. Well, now... Uh... And what's more, Mr. Stevens... I know you're vice president of Godet's. That's your business, but it ain't mine. And if you're worrying about what might happen, you're in a swell spot. After all, who'd the judge believe? Me or you? Well, I'm glad we understand each other, Mr. Louis. The emerald has already been deposited in the Godet vault, and since the exhibit will open tomorrow, there's no reason for any further delay. <laughs> Blackie, did you hear me calling you? Well, vaguely. To be honest with you, Shorty, I had my mind on somebody else. Well, boss, I just heard something I thought you'd be interested in. Yeah? You know, you were telling me about that emerald mixed up on the train? Yes. Yeah. Well, I just got a tip, see? Somebody's going to crack the Godet safe for that emerald. When? Midnight. How straight was this tip, Shorty? A very reliable tip, boss. Uh, a fingers told me. Fingers? Oh, that's too big a job for him. He's only got ten. Well, that's what the man said. He said that. That small time safe cracker. I guess I'd better go down and help him out. But uh, before business, pleasure. Well, for once, Miss Carew, I can't blame Faraday. After all, he, he brought us together. Brought us together? Yes. What do you mean? Well, if he hadn't accused me, you wouldn't have had the opportunity to vouch for me. And, well, I wouldn't have had the opportunity to show you my appreciation. Oh, I see. Well, the whole thing was a little silly anyway. Oh, well, not altogether. Faraday has the memory of an elephant and the persistence of a little beaver. And looks like both of them. <laughs> if anything happens, it's got to be Boston Blackie. Oh, that's a nuisance, isn't it? Oh, I don't know. Faraday hounds me, but it's good to have him around at the wind-up. Blackie, I don't quite make you out, but I like you. Thanks. I, uh, I hope that's an understatement. Well, I'm surprised the police are so suspicious of you. Oh, that's the story of my life. You see, Faraday has good instincts, only he picks the wrong person. If he knew, for instance, that tonight I may have something to do with robbing a vault, he'd become suspicious right away. But of course you haven't anything to do with that. But of course I have. 
Only it's not as bad as it sounds. Oh, now I'm really puzzled. Well, the only puzzle is, uh, why don't I spend the rest of the evening with you? Meaning that you have to leave? Meaning that I have an important conference about something green and something Egyptian. Oh, I see. But like the Sphinx, you won't talk. Perhaps I'll have something to tell you later. <laughs> I'll get your coat. Oh, thanks. I have your phone. But don't make any dates for the next month. <laughs> I want to put in my bed first. Hello? Operator? Give me Madison 72772. Hello? Inspector? This is Helen Carew. I just had dinner with Boston Blackie. We're leaving now. He's dropping me off at my hotel. He's going down to go days. He's out for the Emerald. And, Inspector... If you should happen to catch him, please don't mention me. The flowers that bloom in the summer have nothing on your pretty cotton washable dresses, ladies. Not when it comes to eye-filling loveliness. And say, you were particular to pick out just the dresses you wanted, weren't you? Well, then you ought to be just as particular about your soap. That's when you want Rinso. Wash after wash, Rinso leaves your clothes bright and new-looking because those power-packed suds get out more dirt. Yes, you'll be proud of your Rinso wash. I bet you'll join our chorus of women who have learned to sing their way through wash day like this. Rinso white, Rinso white, happy little wash day song. Rinso white, Rinso white. Good to sing it all day long. Your fine feather friend has a message to send, so listen, you can't go wrong. Rinso white, Rinso white, happy little wash day song. So get Rinso tomorrow. And now back to Chester Morris and the adventures of Boston Blackie. Boston Blackie, unaware that Helen Carew has tipped off Inspector Faraday as to his destination, is en route to Godet's Jewelers to try to prevent the robbery of the vault there and to discover who is back of the attempt to steal the famous Star of the Nile emerald. It is midnight at the Godet Vault. It's no use, Louie. It's one of them new style vaults. I can't make it out. Well, we got dynamite. I'll have to use it. I don't like an noisy job, but what is it? Left it out in the alley, boss. Go get it. Okay, I'm going. Try again, fingers. Stevens is paying off plenty. Well, I'm nervous. <laughs> this is a big job, boss. <laughs> Too big for you, fingers. Okay, stay where you are. Boston Black. That's right. <laughs> what were you saying about a certain Mr. Stevens? <laughs> now, look, Black, you let's be sensible about this. Well, we're having a little trouble cracking this crib. Yeah. I'll make a little look. Yeah, I'll bet you can't open it. Are you kidding, Fingers? I'll make a good bet. All right. So it'll pay you to try. Well, I'll make a bet with you. Not the kind of a bet that'll pay you in money, but it might save a few years of your life. Yeah? Yeah. All you have to do is talk. Yeah, we'll talk, Blackie. And drop your rod first. Oh, so you got a little playmate. Okay. Take your gun away from my back. Get it, Louie. I get it. You know, Blackie, this is a happy coincidence. As I said before, we can use you. Only now the bet's off. You're just going to do it. Come on, get those fingers working. And, uh, and suppose these fingers can't open the vault. Then the next time you go to buy gloves, you better look for mittens. <laughs> Come on, take a good look at the crib. Oh, a beautiful job. <laughs> you know, Faraday should see me now. Okay. Stand back and keep quiet. Yeah, we'll be quiet, all right, but it's up to you, Blackie. This gun can make a lot of noise. Wait a minute. It feels like, uh... Ah, there's one. Now let's try this. Uh-huh, next one. Oh, now that's two. Now... Hold it up! Hold it up! Put this door down! Come on, let's go on! It's a cop! Yeah, Miller, is the alley door open? Yeah, and Joe's coming out there. Okay, let's see this. Now, what about Blackie? Ah, forget about Blackie. Come on. Okay, okay. Hey! Hey, no, Chief! Stop, Blackie, or we'll shoot! I warned you, Blackie. Hey, this isn't Blackie. Hey, who are these other two? Oh, Louie, huh? Yeah, Fingers and Miller. Hey, what is this, a national convention? Where's Blackie? How'd you know Blackie was going to be down there, Faraday? A little bird told me, but where is he? Well, now, I don't expect you to believe this, Inspector, but so help me. We were passing to the alley, and we heard a noise, and we come in. Naturally curious, you understand? Yeah. And who do you suppose was starting to crack that vault? Don't tell me, Boston Blackie. Yeah. Well, then, what are we doing out here in the alley? He couldn't have gotten away. Yeah, Chief, there's only two doors to that room. We came through this one. Hey, so he better be back in that vault room. That's right. Eddie, watch these mugs here. Right. Come on, Matthews, let's have a look. Ain't in here, Chief. Ain't in here. Well, I can see for myself, Matthews. I can see for myself. 
Must have slipped through the door before we came in. Matthews, you're fired. Me, Chief? I ain't done nothing. That's the trouble. You never do anything. Now, see if the vault's open, Matthews. Okay, Chief. Now, lock tight in the drum. There's a mark on it. Looks like we saved the emerald for go days, huh, Inspector? Yeah, but I wish somebody had saved Blackie for me. Matthews, I hate to say it, but we gave Blackie a break. We came in just in time to save him from getting into trouble. I just wanted to thank you, Inspector, for preventing the robbery last night and catching the thieves. Don't mention it, Mr. Stevens. Uh, tell me, did they have a chance to open the vault? Nope. We were Johnny on the spot. They never even got started. And, Inspector, I can't thank you enough for the fine job you've done. Mm, fine job. Nothing ever happens. Nobody steals anything. Listen, Mr. Stevens, if somebody should steal that emerald and I catch him, then you can thank me. <laughs> What burns me up is that Boston Blackie was down there, too, but he got away. Boston Blackie? He got away? Are yeah. you sure the vault wasn't open? Sure, we tried it. It was locked. Well, right. that's fine, but uh, to be on the safe side, I'd better check up. I'll go right down to the vault myself. Mm. But I tell you, Faraday, it's gone. The emerald's gone. I just searched the vault. It's gone. That's great. I've really got Boston Blackie now. Don't worry, Mr. Stevens. Calm down. You'll get your star, and I'll get Boston Blackie. So that's what happened, Helen. Faraday collected three mugs, and he didn't seem pleased about but it. Blackie, how did you get out? Well, while Faraday was rounding up the other mugs, I got the last number of the vault's combination, you see. Mm -hmm. I opened the door and stepped in and then closed it. But you might have been locked in. I was locked in, fortunately, because somebody tried the handle of the vault later. Mm. You see, Helen, modern vaults have an anti-hold-up device. Well, what's that? Oh, it's a sort of gimmick that locks the door from the inside. Mm -hmm. Well, I just pushed the lever. After they left, I slipped out through the alley door. What were you after, Blackie? I told you before. Something green and something Egyptian. The Star of the Nile Emerald, of course. Did you find it in the vault? Yes. Oh. But I didn't take it. I just wanted to make sure it was there. You didn't take it. Blackie, I don't understand you. Now, look, somebody's after the Star of the Nile, and if he gets it, somebody's going to take the rap for it. Could be me, but that's not the point. Nobody's going to take a rap for somebody else while I'm around. You're talking about somebody. Who? I'll find that out. But first, I want to have a talk with Mr. Stevens at his hotel. Perhaps he has an idea. Goodbye, Helen. Next time, I promise you, we won't have any outside interference. Operator, give me Madison 72772. Hello? Helen Cruz speaking. Oh, the inspector isn't there? Well, then I want to leave a message. Tell him that Boston Blackie is on his way to the Cavanaugh Hotel to see Mr. Stevens. I can't wait for the inspector to call back, so tell him I'm going to see Stevens, too, right now. But try to get the inspector there as quickly as you can. <laughs> Slow down, Blackie. Slow down there. Okay, you can march in step with me and Matthews now. Oh. You're taking your afternoon constitutional, gentlemen? What were you doing back there at the Middleton apartment, Blackie? Now, Inspector, you're privileged to know anything about my public life. Mm -hmm. But I insist that you don't interfere in my private affairs. Hmm. Well, this is a little private affair that I am interfering in. Oh. You're under arrest for stealing the Star of the Nile. What, again? And no alibi this time either. You were down at the Good Day Vault with Louie and the two other guys. I got them and searched them, but you got away. Now, somebody got that emerald out of the vault. Come on. Shake a leg, Blackie. Hey, I didn't say stop. I said go. Police! Police! I've what? been robbed! You have oh, who robbed? Have you gone nuts, Blackie? Let me go! Police! Oh, cut it out. What is it? Who robbed? Let me go. Police! Police! Help! Now, listen. You all really give it to you. Hey, he's chasing me. Hey, he's gone. Matthews! Why don't you help me out of this? Come on. Hey, folks, look. I'm a police inspector. Honest, I am. Matthews, quick! Shoot it, Blackie! Hey, listen, all of you, stand back. Lay off that fella. He's a police. That's Matthews. He's police, too. Now, Chief, say, did Blackie get away? Yeah. Matthews, you're fired! coming here, Mr. Stevens. Miss Carew, why should Mr. Blackie come to see me at my hotel? Besides, I'm confident that by this time, Inspector Faraday has made sure that the young man is no longer a free agent. Perhaps, yes. Perhaps you're right. But well, I'm not sure the inspector is right in what he's doing. Well, now, Miss Carew, it's quite obvious that you have an attachment for Mr. Blackie. And if the police have taken him, I won't have to worry about the Star of the Nile any longer. But the police haven't taken me, Mr. Stevens. Boston Blackie. And incidentally, if I knew how much the Star of the Nile would be worth to you, I, uh... 
I might listen to reason. Blackie. Hello, Miss Carew. I rather expected you'd be here, too. I wouldn't try to phone Mrs. Stevens. You really don't want the police to come up here. Why not? Because it would be very embarrassing for you. And besides, it would be very embarrassing if I had to use this gun. Blackie, look. Oh, Helen, don't. Helen, why did you knock the gun out of my hand? Because you had me fooled for a while, but I'm finally beginning to understand you, Blackie. All right, the two of you stand still. Put your hands up high. Oh, so you have a gun, too, Mr. Stevens. Is, uh... Is that to guard the emerald you stole from your own vault? Mr. Stevens took the emerald? Yes. Usually when people want to steal something, they just steal it. But Mr. Stevens had to do it the hard way. But you made it much easier for me, Mr. Blackie. You see, you were in the vault, and now everybody will know that Boston Blackie stole the emerald. But just one thing I'd like to know, Mr. Stevens. Why does a vice president of a large firm like Godet's have to steal a piece of jewelry? Well, there's an ugly word for it, embezzlement. I'm awfully oh. sorry, Miss Carew. Sorry that you came here tonight because no one else can know what you two know now. I'm going to have to kill you. Come on, Stevens. Give me that gun. Stay where you are. I want that gun, Stevens. Blackie, don't. I told you to stay where you are. Look, you can't pull that trigger. Get back! Get back! Thanks, Helen, for sending the message. Yeah, Inspector, I think Mr. Stevens will go with you now. Oh, Stevens? Yes, Inspector. And thanks for putting Helen on this case. We've got your man. Come on. Let's go. No, I won't go. I can't go. I've gone long enough. I can never catch up. For years now, I've been running after myself, running away from something. I couldn't stop. But I've got to stop. You'll never get me, I tell you. I've got to stop. Well, we got what we were looking for, but I can't say I'm very happy about it. Friday. This time, I've really got to thank you. <laughs> Don't kid me, Blackie. No, on the level. You saved my life. <laughs> you know, it's the first time in ten years that I've been scared. Really? Well, you know, Stevens might have pulled that trigger. No such luck. Oh, very funny. <laughs> yes, he'd have shot Helen and me if you hadn't knocked on the door. He had only one other way out, Faraday, and because you came in, he took that way. <laughs> Always blaming it on me, huh? <laughs> now, look, Inspector, won't you miss me a teeny little bit? Does a guy miss a headache? <laughs> <laughs> you know, Helen, you really had me fooled. Hmm? Well, let me give you a tip. The next time you call Madison 72772, you better be inside a telephone booth. What? Remember when we were out to dinner the first time? Yeah. Well, I went to get your coat, and as I was leaving, I heard you ask the operator for Madison 72772. My private number. Sure. Only a few people know that number, and I'm proud to be one of them. So you knew I was working for the inspection. Sure, but that didn't matter. You already had your hooks in me, and I couldn't get loose. Well, perhaps now you'd like me to unhook you? Oh, honey, with you, anything goes. By hook or by crook. I suppose it's your business if you want to make a big job out of dishwashing, but I'd like to butt in just the same because I feel you don't really like to spend a lot of time at the kitchen sink, and you don't have to if you put Rinso to work for you. Those peppy Rinso suds get your dishes sparkling bright so easily that there's not much point in scraping and scouring with the lazy suds of some soaps. And Rinso's so economical, too. Just a little Rinso goes a long, long way. So better get Rinso tomorrow for dishwashing, for all the soap and water jobs around the house, and for a wash that's Rinso White and Rinso Bright. <laughs> And now a glimpse at next week's adventure of Boston Blackie. Here goes. What a crack-up. Him playing closed cops in that car. You're never going to interrupt another one of our hijack jobs. Playing closed cops? <laughs> there ain't no cops. The driver of the car that just wrapped around a telephone pole is Boston Blackie. <laughs> Friends, millions of tons of paper are needed to ship ammunition and blood plasma, so vitally necessary in the winning of this war. Do your share to see that our boys get the material they need. Save paper. The need is terribly urgent. Now, one simple way to help is to take your own shopping bag to the grocers. Be sure to listen in at this same time next week for another exciting adventure with Boston Blackie. You can see Chester Morris as Boston Blackie on the screen at your favorite movie theater. Boston Blackie's latest Columbia picture is One Mysterious Night, soon to be released. Richard Lane appears as Inspector Faraday, music by Charles Cornell. This is Harlow Wilcox saying goodnight for Boston Blackie, brought to you by the makers of Rinso, the soap that gets clothes 
And when you get Rinso tomorrow, buy some Life Boy, too. Use Life Boy in your daily bath or shower. You'll love that rich, purifying lather. You know, of seven leading brands, Life Boy gives you the most soap for your money. And besides, it's the only soap especially made to stop... This is the National Broadcasting Company. Shadow's latest adventure to begin, I'd like to ask every motorist to do this. Take a ride on the new Goodrich Safety Silvertown tire. See for yourself how it grips wet, slippery roads like you never felt a tire grip before. That's because the amazing Silvertown Lifesaver tread acts like a battery of windshield wipers, sweeps wet roads so dry you can light a match on its track. For the quickest non-skid stops you've ever had, equip your car with Goodrich Silvertown Tires. The Shadow, mysterious character who aids those in distress and helps the forces of law and order, is in reality Lamont Cranston, wealthy young man about town. Cranston's friend and companion, the lovely Margot Lane, is the only person who knows to whom the unseen voice belongs. The only one who knows the true identity of that master of other people's minds, the Shadow. Today's story, The Man Who Murdered Time. Yes, Mr. Cranston, on behalf of all the employees of the club, I wish to thank you for your generous New Year's gift to the personnel. That's quite all right, Stuart. Happy New Year. The same to you, sir. And may I thank you, too, Mr. Hughes, for your gift. You're very welcome, Stuart. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Anthony. I wish I could have made it more, Cranston. But it hasn't been a terribly good year for me. I'm sorry to hear it, Hughes. Oh, by the way, how is Mrs. Hughes feeling these days? Poorly. Well, the doctors at sanitarium say she may pull out of it next year. That's why I'm looking forward to the New Year so eagerly. Well, Hughes, if uh, there's anything I can do in the way of financial assistance... Thanks, old man, but it won't be necessary. I expect to be out of debt very shortly. Business improving? No, a trust fund is coming due in two weeks. Inheritance from my Uncle Matthew, you know. Well, I'm delighted to hear it, you, sir. It's four o'clock. Well, only eight hours to a brand new year and new hope for all of us. Amen to that. Hey, you're coming to my New Year's Eve party tonight, aren't oh, you? Oh, I meant to tell you, Cranston. Uh, I'll be late. I got a call this morning from a second cousin of mine. He wants me to come to see him this evening. Brilliant scientist, but I suspect he's losing his mind. Oh. <laughs> know what he claims to have invented? A time machine. A time machine? Yes. Fantastic, isn't it? Come, Hughes. Is anything really fantastic in the modern world of science? Thirty years ago, the notion that a human voice could circle the Earth without the aid of wires would have been called not only fantastic, but impossible. Radio, electric light, airplanes, all were called fantastic in their time, but today they're accepted facts. Why not the time machine? Well, I'm from Missouri. Anyway, I'm really going to see my cousin, not because of his alleged invention, but uh, because he's dying. Oh, that's too bad. Yes, the poor chap's got an incurable heart condition. He told me his doctors don't give him more than a few days to live. Well, I've got to be off. See you tonight, then, Hughes. Only a miracle keep me away, Cranston. A miracle like like the time machine. Drink this water. There. Feel better now? Yes. Yes, better use. 
Perhaps you'd better get into bed, Willard. <sighs> Frankly, I, I didn't expect to find you up and about. Dressed to kill? Dressed to kill. Very good. Such an apt phrase. Well, why not? This is probably the last day of my life. Well, I'm sure it's not as bad as all that, Willard. If you take care of yourself... Come, come, use. I'll never see the new year. That's what you're really thinking. Know what I've done today? What, Willard? The things I've wanted to do all my life. Packed them all into this one long, glorious day. I've smoked two-dollar cigars, eaten the finest foods, bought thousands of dollars worth of completely useless things just for the fun of indulging myself. Willard, I <laughs> that I'm broke? I am. Then how did you... Borrowed, dear cousin. Spent other people's money, incurred enormous debts... <laughs> Payable next year. Next year, which will never come. I'm sorry, Willard. Oh, what are you sorry about? I'm not. Matter of fact, I've just begun to celebrate. And you must join me, Hughes. Absolutely insist. I bought a marvelous sherry today, a rare vintage. You rang, sir? Really, uh, Willard, you needn't bother. The sherry, John. Yes, sir. I have it here, sir. Fine, fine. Put it on the table. Shall I pour, sir? No, I'll do it myself. That's all, John. Very good. Hey, you are yours. Drink hearty. Thank you. How do you like it? Nectar. Ambrosia, huh? It has a peculiar flavor, hasn't it? Oh, it'll grow on you. Finish it, yours. Drink to my last day on earth. Oh, no, no, Willard. Not to that. To my last day on earth. And yours, my dear cousin. To my last day? Yours, I told you that today I meant to satisfy every ambition I ever had. Well... I've left for the last my greatest ambition of all. To kill you. To kill me? What? Well, you're joking. Think so, Hughes? But, but why? What have I ever done to you? What haven't you done to me? You've been a bone in my throat ever since we were boys together. I, I believe you're, you're really but serious. If it hadn't been for you, I'd have been Uncle Matthew's fair-haired boy, his favorite, his pet... He would have raised me in luxury instead of you. You quarreled with him. You were a... He would have left me his money, not you, you Judas. You had everything while I starved, scraped, suffered. I brooded over that, my fine cousin, a whole lifetime. And now, this wonderful day, this last day of the year, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill you not once, but a thousand times. You see that machine in the corner? I see, Willard. Calm down. That's my time machine. Your, your time machine, yes. I remember your saying... Do you know what this machine can do? It can prevent the future from happening. <laughs> the future from happening? Oh, now, now, look, Willard, look. Let me call your physician. I'll Let be a me... fool. I'm the same as you are. That's a scientific machine, not a madman's toy. Do you know how it works? Well, of course not. I'll explain it in simple terms. Use what is time. Time is... Time, time is... is like a railroad track. A straight railroad track used, and the world is a train running along that track. On the track behind us lies yesterday, December 30th. The day we're traveling along that section of track we call December 31st. And at midnight tonight, the train, you, I, the whole universe, is scheduled to plunge straight ahead into January 1st of the new year. You follow me so far, you? Yes, what is this to do with your so-called time machine? Just this. By using a revolutionary principle of physics, my own discovery, my machine bends the straight track of time, curves it, curves it, so that the time track forms a perfect circle. <laughs> you fool, it's a scientific fact. I've done it. You're mad, I say, mad. Listen to me, Hughes. At midnight tonight, when I turn on the switch, time will instantly be curved back on itself, so that instead of continuing into January 1st, We'll go back 24 hours. We'll live December 31st over again and again and again like a phonograph needle caught in a groove. Do you <laughs> believe that this day will never end? That you can make December 31st repeat itself forever? <laughs> laugh, you fool. <laughs> you won't laugh long. Today I've been especially careful to make it the fullest, happiest day of my life because I'm going to live this wonderful day forever. I'll catch time in that groove and hold it there. The future will never come. I'll never have to pay my debt. Despite my bad heart, I'll never die. I'll have to be as insane as you to believe that. Would you like a demonstration? Playing the farce out to the end, are you? Well, go ahead. Demonstrate. That's the proper scientific spirit, Hughes. I'll set the machine to affect merely this house and ourselves. What incident of the last half hour do you want me to make repeat itself? Choose. Oh, the butler and the sheriff. John and the sherry, eh? Very good. 
And I want you to bear in mind that just as time will be repeated here in this room for the next few moments, so can I repeat time throughout the whole world, not once, but again and again. Now, let me adjust my machine. There. Now to close the circuit. Fine. Put it on the table. Did I pause, sir? No, I'll do it myself. That's all, John. Very good. There. The automatic circuit cut us off, and we're back in ordinary time again. Convinced, Hughes? It can't be. It's impossible. It's a trick. I'm doing it. nightmare. You'll be saying that for all eternity. I'm getting out of here. Are you, cousin? Try it if you can. <laughs> I can't. I'm paralyzed. I, I can't get out of this chair. You feel pain now, don't you, Hughes? Yes. Yes, horrible pain. You shouldn't have drunk the sherry, Hughes. Your glass contained the slow poison, you see. No. No, help. Help. There's an antidote on the table. You see that little green bottle you just beyond the reach of your fingers? Isn't it ironic? If you could only move your arm five inches. Try. Ah, oh, you can't. Dear me, how very, very sad. All you can do is look at the antidote while you die in agony. Please, please, will it help me? Help me! I don't want to die! Just a little help while now, cousin, a little while. It's almost midnight. You'll die just before midnight. And then I'll turn on my machine. Set it to affect the whole world forever and time all over the world and snap back 24 hours. Everybody in the world will live December 31st over again and again, forever and ever. <laughs> you too, you. No, no. You'll visit me again. Drink the poison cherry again. Die again. Live again. Die again. Party I ever attended. Margot, you danced beautifully. <laughs> Thanks so much. I wonder what's happened to you. He said he'd be late, but I didn't. Hold it, everybody! Here comes the new year. credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Lamont, where are we? I'm still in your arms dancing with you, but it, 
It's not the party, the, the New Year's Eve party in your apartment. How could that be? I, I don't know, Margot. What, what was that awful crash? I don't know. But look around you, Margot. We're dancing in the Honolulu Club. But we were dancing in the Honolulu Club right here last night. Last night at midnight. I, I mean, 24 hours ago. Oh, I, I don't know what I mean. Keep dancing with me, Margot. I've got to figure this out. Seems like a dream, and yet... That's it, Lamont. It's a dream. I dreamed through the whole day, December 31st, right up to midnight. Then that crash, and I woke up here in the Honolulu Club. Margot, it wasn't a dream, I tell you. Then what was it, Lamont? I don't know. I don't know. But something's gone wrong, Margot. Something's gone wrong with the whole world. But everything seems all right, Lamont. Margot, hold on to me. Don't let go. Let's walk back to our table. All right, but... I don't understand. Keep holding on. Margot, do you remember last night, just about this time as we were dancing, a waiter accidentally dropped a whole tray full of dishes? Why, yes, that's, that's so, Lamont. <coughs> Lamont, it's happened. He dropped it just as he did last night. Yes. I see it all now, Margot. We actually lived through December 31st. We, everybody, the whole world. But just as the last stroke of midnight came... Something happened to time. Time? Yes. Time snapped back 24 hours. Instead of going on to January 1st, the world went back to the first moment of December 31st. But nobody else seems to realize what's happened. Yes, that is strange. Apparently everybody's forgotten that they lived through the last day of the year. Why do we remember? Margot, I believe that the same power that makes me invisible to others has something to do with this. What do you mean, Lamont? Years ago in India... I was studying with the yogi priests. I developed my powers of concentration, my power of will, to such an extent that apparently this accident of time doesn't affect me. How long I'll be able to fight against it, I don't know. But I haven't your power, Lamont. Why do I remember, too? Margot, because at the instant time flashed back, you happened to be dancing with me. You were in my arms, within the aura of my will, my influence. No. Just so long as you're touching me, you'll remember, too. Oh, Lamont, I can't believe it. I can't. Well, then try it. Let go of me. Go on, let go, Mother. Well, all right. You're right, Lamont. You remember the Higgins, don't you? Margo. Yes, that's the family. Margo, well, they're very Margo, anxious that me. you and I go south Margo. of the beach. You... What am I saying? What happened? Oh, Lamont, you're holding me again. Margo, the instant you let go of me, you said exactly what you said 24 hours before. When I grabbed you, you snapped back. Free of the new time spell. Then it's true. Oh, Lamont, I'm afraid. Don't let go of me. Steady, Margot. Oh, but it's horrible. People will go on living through December 31st to eternity, never knowing, never realizing. Lamont, there'll never be a new year. You're absolutely right. Unless this can be stopped. But how can anyone stop it? Nothing human could have caused a thing like this to happen. I'm not so sure, Margot. News told me that a cousin of his, a brilliant scientist, claimed to have invented a time machine. That cousin of yours may be responsible for what's happened to time. But who is this man? Where did he live? You didn't say. I'll have to find him some way. And when I do, Margot, it'll be as the shadow. Perhaps the shadow will be able to switch time back to normal. Bring the new year to a world doomed to live a day which never ends. <laughs> Just a minute, the curtain rises on Act Two of The Shadow's Adventure. Meanwhile, a word to you motorists. Do you slow down passing a school? Do you pass other cars on a hill? Do you come to a full stop at street intersection? The shadow wonders. The terrific toll of deaths and injuries indicates that too many motorists fail to exercise caution, fail to consider the other fellow. Play safe. It pays. And motorists, here's one thing more. If you only realize the importance that safe tires, too, play in safe motoring, you wouldn't hesitate a minute to put the new Goodrich Safety Silvertowns with the Lifesaver Tread on your car. For remember, this new Silvertown is much more than a new tire. It's a new kind of tire safety. On the inside, it has the famous blowout protection of the Goodrich Golden Fly. And on the outside, it has the amazing new Lifesaver Tread. The tread that sweeps wet roads so dry, you can actually light a match on its track. Yes, sir, that's 
plenty dry. So it's hardly surprising that Silvertowns will give you the quickest non-skid stops you've ever had. I will, Lamont. We can walk. My apartment isn't far. Oh, why don't you let me come with you? No, Margot. This is the shadow's job. Maybe dangerous. I want you to be safe. Safe in a world gone mad? Oh. Don't watch yourself. The streets are slippery with ice. Yeah. Hold on to me more tightly. Right. We'll cross here. shivering in the doorway there. He hasn't even an overcoat. He looks hungry, poor devil. Margot, remember last night? In a moment, he'll step out of that doorway and ask me for a dime. Excuse me, mister. Could you give me a dime for a cup of coffee? I'm so cold, I'm freezing. Oh, thanks. Thanks, mister. There's one thing I'm glad of, Lamont. He doesn't know. He doesn't know he's doomed to shiver and freeze and starve like that forever. And millions like him. Millions of unfortunate shivering and starving all over the world tonight. That machine. I must find that machine. Well, here we are, Margot. Don't bother to take me up. There's so much for you to do. So much, Lamont. The doorman will let me in. It's exactly the same time we got home last night. Good evening, Miss Lane. Bad night, ain't it? Hurry, Lamont. Find Hughes' cousin. Since time's repeating himself. Well, I always say when... Hughes will meet me in the afternoon at my club. Just as he met me... Yesterday, we'll talk as we talk then. Perhaps he'd be able to tell me... Lamont, that... what's the matter? You're so pale suddenly. It's funny, I felt weak just then. I said my strength, the strength of my will were fading away. Could it be that Lamont, I... Lamont, you mustn't. You've got to be strong. The world needs your strength. Well, Let go of me, Margaret. All right. You're draining my power, my strength away. Let go. The wind is very fighting, Miss Lane. Yes, it is. Fred, will you take me up to my apartment? Please? Yes, sure, Miss Gone. Safe upstairs. Goodbye, Margot. Until tomorrow. Tomorrow, Heba comes. Mr. Craig, on behalf of all the employees of the club, I wish to thank you for your generous Stuart, New Year's gift to the listen personnel. Listen to me. Can't you hear? Don't you understand what I'm saying, saying to you? And may I thank you, too, Mr. Hughes, for your gift. You're Stuart. welcome, Stuart. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. Stuart, stop. I wish I could have made it more, Cranston, but it hasn't been a terribly good year for Hughes, me. let me take your hand. You're merely repeating what you said 24 hours ago. Fully, don't now listen to me. The you may pull out of it. Who is your cousin? That's why Who I'm is he? Who does he live New Year so eagerly? Oh, hopeless. He's not attuned to my will. I'll have to follow him. Make him lead me to this cousin of his. Expect to the be out of death very shortly. I must concentrate. My willpower seems to be failing. I must hold on until Hughes visits his cousin. Convince Hughes? Can't be. It's impossible, Willard. It's a trick, a dream, a nightmare. You'll be saying that for all eternity. I'm getting out of here. Are you, cousin? Try to, if you can. I can't. I can't. I'm paralyzed. I can't get out of this chair. Hughes, you can't. You You're not paralyzed. Now, don't you? Yes, horrible thing. Hughes, there is no pain. Hughes, hear me. Your glass contains the slow poison. No, no, help, help. I have helped you, Hughes. You are not poisoned. I substituted this antidote for the poison of the glass of sherry Willis handed you. You are not poisoned, I tell you. Exert your will. Refute it to mine. Try to get out of that chair.
quiet, then. Chair. Out of the chair. I'm standing. I'm free. Free. Thank the Lord. Hughes, can you hear me now? Who are you? Who are you? I, I see only Willis. I don't think he sees me. I, I see someone holding me. Who are you? Never mind who I am, Hughes. Get out of this house at once. Go to the home of your friend, Lamont Cranston. Yes, yes. You are to attend the New Year's Eve party there. Remember? Yes, yes. I, I seem to remember. Go now, Hughes. You don't need me to hold you now. I will you to go. Just a little while yes, yes. now, sir. A little while. It's almost midnight. You'll die just before midnight. <laughs> I... Where am I? Who is that? Ah, uh, you feel my power now, Willard. I'm holding you fast. Fast, do you hear? I will. Submit to my will. It dominates you. It snatches you from the field of that evil time spell you cast over the world. I'm powerless in the grip of some invisible force. And it speaks. Who are you? Who? I am the shadow. The shadow? Dr. Willard, you are guilty of the greatest crime ever perpetrated against mankind. You thought to condemn the rest of the world to an eternity of cold and darkness and suffering. No, no, I didn't mean to do that. You wanted an eternal life of pleasure, of evil. You tried to stave off forever the death that hung over you like a sword. I don't want to die. To satisfy your selfishness, you tried to, you did break the laws of nature. And so you must be punished, Dr. Willard. Punished? Oh. In a moment, I shall smash your devilish time machine, reduce it to splinters and scrap. And the instant the machine is smashed, time will snap back to normal. Instantaneously, time will take up where it left off when you put the machine into operation. And so will come what you thought to destroy forever. The new year. The blessed new year. That means new hope and happiness for the good and the innocent people of the world. While for you, it will bring what God decreed for you. Death. No. No, don't smash the machine. Give me one more day of life. Just one. And I'll smash it myself. Not one hour, not one oh. minute, not one second. Don't let me die! Stop! Eleven? Twelve? It's the new year, Lamont. Yes, Margot. The new year. At last. I don't know what happened to me. I feel as if I as if I just woke up from a bad dream. I, I, I found myself running, running up here. Mr. Hughes, you're ill. No, he's all right, Margot. You are all right, aren't you, Hughes? I, I, I guess I, I am. Uh, what time is it? It's just past 12 o'clock, Mr. Hughes. Happy New Year. New Year? Yes, yes. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year, you. Happy New Year. As a matter of fact, Lamont, it seems to me I had a dream, too. The strangest sort of dream. Perhaps you did, Margot. Well, anyway, Happy New Year, Lamont. Happy New Year.
Today's program is based on a story copyrighted by the Shadow Magazine. All the characters and all the places named are fictitious. Any similarity to persons living or dead is purely coincidental. The Shadow Magazine is now on sale at your local newsstand. The weed of crime bears bitter fruit. Crime does 